1: Pittsburgh Steeler fans is behind the steel curtain editor Dave Schofield coming at you again on a Thursday morning this is Steeler Stat Geek it's Thursday and it's not a game day boy am I glad that's over um if you didn't check out last week's show before the game I probably some of you might have been a little bit depressed by it some of you might have it may have made you anticipate um some I don't know, anticipate. It's odd the opposite of anticipate. Maybe dread the Thursday night game. I kind of went on about how it's it's difficult, especially for the Steelers on the road on Thursdays. The record's not good. And it, it just it just showed even more. But hey, it's been a week since that game. A week. I'll I might touch on a couple numbers, but I'm gonna actually look at some numbers through three games. I'm gonna look at some numbers through three games. We are finally to the point of the season where I will be looking at the ranks of the Steelers and their opponents uh, going into that in, in, into the next game. And I do that in the second half. So that's when that will be coming. I look at yards, points, rushing yards, um, passing yards, sacks and turnovers, both for offense and defense, both for the Steelers and their opponent. So that's what I did last year. I'm going to do it again this year, but I wouldn't do it early enough because one game, not enough. Two games, not enough. Three games, you're finally getting there. And you're saying, maybe you should wait another week, Dave. You know why I didn't? Because this is also something that's an interesting week for the NFL. Don't know if a lot of people realize this. But going into week four is when the NFL changes their waiver priority to base it on this year and not last year. I don't know if you all knew that or not. That uh, up and up through week three, that if if someone was putting in a waiver claim, everyone's waiver priority was based on last season. So, like the in the in essence, the draft order, unless you know teams traded picks or whatnot, that was the waiver priority. Now it's based on teams' current records. So the Steelers are technically tied for the th- uh, to be third in line, but there's a lot of teams at one and two. Um, yeah, there's because you know there's a. Uh, there's one oh and three team, there's one oh oh two and one team, and then there's the one and two teams. And you're just like, well, how do they differentiate differentiate? There I got it out between those teams. Uh they do it like it's a coin flip if they put it in for the same person. So um, but because The NFL was starting to look at, okay, we've got enough information to base off this year. So are we. So that's what we're going to look at in the second half of the show. So for now, let's hit up a few numbers. A couple things for the last game. I know for a lot of Steelers Nation, the sky is falling. Oh, my goodness, they're one and two. I want to remind you, the Steelers were underdogs in all three of those games. The fact that they won one of them is pretty good. What just stinks about it is they had the opportunity to win at least two, if not all three. And it really stinks to think, you know, Hey, if TJ Watts there and healthy, they, they, they very well win two out of three. Oh, but don't you put it more on the offense? Uh, Yeah. The offense isn't scoring enough points, but man, you don't think TJ Watts good for maybe a, two or three additional splash plays in a game? I think he could be. Um, and all those kind of things make a huge difference. You're talking about a drive that ends in a touchdown for the opponent stopping because of a sack or something of that nature. I mean, I I, I did the stat last year over and over again when the Steelers played the Browns in their final home game, final game at Heinz Field with Ben Roethlisberger. T.J. Watt was responsible for the last play that ended the Browns drive on their first six drives. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. That's the kind of impact. So, while coach Tomlin isn't worried about who he doesn't have playing, which is the right thing to do as a coach, you got to focus on what you got. We as fans, we can lament number 90 not being out there. So, what it could have should have, the Steelers still got to go out there and get it done. But a couple things from that game which I think is crazy that I highlighted is the Steelers actually had a better yards per carry in the rushing department than the Browns did. Oh, the Browns ran all over them for 171 yards. The Steelers really had 104, but the Browns ran the ball 16 times more than the Steelers. They had the ball longer to do that. And based on game circumstances, they were they were able to do that. So the Steelers had a 4.7 yards per carry um, average while the Browns had a 4.5. So that's that's a pretty big deal. But the real thing that I think really gets the Steelers is um, the numbers that I highlighted was how about 6.8 versus 4.3? The Steelers were gaining 6.8 yards per play in the first half, 4.3 in the second half. We talk about the Steelers' terrible, terrible third down conversion, which was they were one of nine. But what's crazy is that they only got nine, they only reached third down nine times. Well, when you don't convert them, you're not going to reach as many. But on both Steelers' touchdown drives, think about that. They didn't have a conversion in the first half, but they scored two offensive touchdowns. What does that mean? What can you, what does deductive reasoning tell you without having to go back and look at every play? Well, either way, the answer is they never reached third down on either one of their touchdown drives. They got a first down on either first or second down the entire drive. That's some pretty efficient offense. The problem was they did not sustain it consistently. So whew, we're going to get into some other numbers. You know, let's go ahead and dive into the other numbers. I kind of want it, to, since it's been so long since that last game, I kind of want to look at the season so far through three games, Some some various things that we have here. So let's start with this one. Um, I'm going to jump around a little bit. These were just numbers I kind of either found or stumbled upon. Oh, wait, I've got to do something else first before I do that. I'm sorry. This was something that I missed following the Steelers week one game. Um, Something that I want to do when I get the opportunity. And that is, if you all remember that I did an interview um, with um, Eric Petrus, I think is the right way to say his last name, if I can remember, this past summer from Zebra Technologies that's responsible of tracking and getting the information for the NFL's next-gen stats. Like when you see those stats of how fast someone's running or the route that they ran or the path they took on a, on a run and it, all that crazy stuff. We talked about that technology. Well, because of that, I'm also now on their list that they send me stuff every week. And anytime it has something to do with the Steelers, I'd like to highlight it on this show. And I missed it in week one. I got so caught up with everything else that I missed it. But following week one, I want to go back and say this that in week one, Chase Claypool was the fastest ball carrier of the week. He reached 21.46 miles an hour on a twelve-yard rush in overtime. Claypool's top speed would have been the fifteenth fastest of any of any play last season so that was back from week one so now let's look at this week I actually got a couple things I got a couple one one's not good because when it's the Steelers opponent it's not good um a, a big one was Nick Chubb he gained 115 um and a, a rushing yards and 113 of them were after contact now, that means that some of them might have been contacted in the backfield if you, you, know, when they average it all out. But almost all of his yards were after contact. Okay, um, It's his second game with 100-plus yards after contact this season, so it's not just the Steelers that that happens to. Um, and Chubb did this while facing a stacked box on 60.87% of his snaps, the most of any running back in Week 3, which leads into a stat that they had for the Steelers. Um, wanted to throw that out there. And that is the Steelers defense used base personnel, meaning four defensive backs, only four defensive backs on 36 plays, which was 51% of their defensive plays in week three, trying to contain the Browns rushing attack. In weeks one and two, the Steelers only used the base personnel on two total plays. So the Steelers went base big time. Now, The other thing was some were even saying that the Browns were bringing out personnel packages to try to force the Steelers into going base so they could do the things that they wanted to do against them. I can't go that far. All I can do is give you uh, that. So that's the zebra technology stat of the week. Anytime we have one associated with the Steelers, I'm going to give that to you. All right. So let's roll into some of these numbers because some of these are pretty interesting. Okay. Right now, the Pittsburgh Steelers, have faced 103 rushing attempts so far through three games. Only one team in the NFL has seen more rushes against them, and that's the Houston Texans with 109. Um, Alex Highsmith, by now you all probably should have heard this, he is currently the NFL leader in sacks with four and a half. There are five other players that have four. So as of right now, the Steelers still have uh, the sack leader for the NFL. If you would have told us this summer it was Alex Highsmith, that would have been like, wow, this is really something. And Alex Highsmith got those sacks when TJ Watt was still playing. Um, he, at least he got three of them, is, is what I meant to say. Um, so right now I'm like, if Highsmith keeps of you know growing and coming onto the scene, and then you put TJ Watt back in the mix, man, that's something you can be excited about. But that doesn't help. For this week, that doesn't help. For this week, all you can do is hope that that Highsmith can still just just get it done on his own. i going to switch. I didn't have a lot for defense. I'm going to switch to offense. I'll, I'll just be honest with you. I got so caught up in some of the passing numbers that I ended up dwelling on them so much, and some of this got me thinking about it because of listening to Jeff Hartman's last "Let's Ride" yesterday. So. Some of the stuff is kind of going to go along with what he was saying. Some of it might be, you might've been a little bit mistaken there, Jeff, with how it feels, but it didn't mean that he was necessarily quote unquote wrong. So let's look at something with the receivers first. Um, The Steelers so far, now these stats come courtesy of Pro Football Focus. These are not grades. These are stats. There's a difference. Now, I, I do use Pro Football Focus for a number of their advanced stats, I like to compare them when I can to Pro Football Reference. I like Pro Football Reference's numbers better because they they line up more with it with what I get from the NFL about the Steelers. Where Pro Football Focus they they don't do half sacks; they just give two players one sack, things of that nature, in order to fit into their formula. Some of their stuff I don't like as much. If there's a discrepancy between PFR and PFF. I go with pro football reference, but there are some things that PFF does that I can't find other places. So I'm just going to give you, I wanted to let you know where they came from in case you're like, that doesn't sound right. It's, but I wanted to let you know, this isn't so, su- you know, this isn't subjective grades. This is objective stats. So the Steelers had so far, the receivers, any receiver, meaning it could be running back, anyone catching, having a ball thrown at them. The Steelers only have four drops on the season. Everyone's already talking about Deontay Johnson and all his drops. He has one. He was only credited for one, and I don't think it was on that deep ball. I think it was a different one. It was in week three, I will tell you that. Um, Pat Freremuth is credited with one, and George Pickens with two. So just so you know, that's where the Steelers stand right now in terms of drops. Um, here's, here's something that's, that's not, not good. The Steelers, now I don't have this compared to all the rest of the teams because I would have had to bring up each full team report separately. And I'm like, I just got to look at the Steelers. But this number does not sound good. The Steelers are only averaging 2.6 yards after the catch per reception. 2.6 yak yards, yards after the catch. That's a low number. I mean, the lowest rated team... In the NFL, when it comes to receiving, when you talk about PFF grades, is the Carolina Panthers, and they have over eight. So I checked theirs, but I didn't have time to go into all other 30 teams and look at that to see where the Steelers compared. I just thought that seemed really low. Here's another one that's bad. Deontay Johnson, his, his yards after the catch so far through three games, negative two. That's right. Negative 2 yards after the catch. He had negative 1 in week 1, he had 5 in week 2 and negative 6 in week 3. That is a bit of a concerning stat. Now, a lot of that you're like, well they're running these comeback passes. Yeah, I get it. But the problem is if you're getting very minimal yards after the receiver catches the ball, that's just something that you're not tapping into. Hitting guys on the run. Hitting guys on the run and they can catch it catch the ball and keep running. I still can't think of seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers running a quick slant. And I I think of like, of um, I can't remember which game it was last year that was put away by Deontay Johnson, just a little quick slant and just busted it for like 50 yards um, at the end of the game when they were just, where the Steelers just needed a first down and they actually passed it and went for that and got it. So there's, there's not these yards after the catch. To me, this is something that the offense needs to evolve. It needs to get in a rhythm where receivers can be catching the ball and running with it. Um, that's just me. All right. Now I'm going to look at some passing numbers before we uh, head into the break here. Oh um, yeah. Some of these are, some of these are surprising and some of these are, are depressing. Let's look at Mitch Trubisky deep passes. I mentioned this on the Scobro show. People are like, oh, well, the problem is the Steelers aren't throwing the ball deep. They haven't thrown any deep passes. Mitch Trubisky is tied for the second most deep passes in the NFL. He has thrown 19. This is considered passes of 20 yards downfield, but with PFF. He has the fourth highest percentage of his throws being deep passes of 18.4%. percent they are like... That I don't, I don't seem to recall that. Well, the thing is, is he also, he doesn't have a very good completion percentage. Um, I think it's 31.4%, which is like 24th of all, of all quarterbacks. And I, and just so you know, on all these, when I give you a ranking, anyone who didn't have at least 10 pass attempts, I, they, I drop them out. So that's some of the stuff going on there. I also thought, Hey, let me look at Mitch Trubisky's, you know, drop back times. His drop back times, because I am going to give you a couple, a couple offensive line numbers here in just a little bit. And but and some people are like, oh, with well, the offensive line, you make it look like they're doing good because I put a tweet out there about that, and I'm going to share a lot more information with this tweet. That, um, oh, what's making the offensive line so good is Trubisky's throwing the ball just as fast as Ben Roethlisberger did. And, blah, blah, blah. and no, that's not true. You ready? Here's the numbers. Here's the numbers on all dropbacks for Mitch Trubisky. The the average time of his drop back to throw, well, assuming he throws it, um, you know, um, because there's another one that's per attempt. His average time of drop back is 2.69 seconds. That is 15th most in the NFL. So he's 15. He's middle of the road. And how and, and how long until he throws it? Just so you know, last year Ben Roethlisberger's time was 2.26, and there was no one with more than 15 a pass attempts that had a shorter time than Ben Roethlisberger last year. So if you look at it, that is, that is more than half a second longer. So it's not the same. And that's a long time when you're talking about being in the pocket. Um, It's the number is 2.54 seconds per pass attempt. That's 16th most on sacks. Here's one. How long is Mitch Trubisky hold, you know, from when he gets the ball, how long is it until he's sacked? How about 4.72 seconds? That is the third most in the NFL because you want that to be a big number, okay? The only players that on their sacks have, you know, eluded and everything for a longer time before they actually get hit is Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert. That's it. Third is Mitch Trubisky when you look at these or the amount of time he has until he's sacked. So don't tell me that the line is still terrible and they're just doing the same things before because the numbers don't back it up. Almost five seconds until he sacked. Not only that. Okay, well, let me just hit one other one. He's got four. He's four point three seconds on scrambles. That's that's twenty six. That's actually one of the lowest ones because usually when you scramble, you you take more time. But I think with the Steelers, they call it scramble, but a lot of them might be designed rollouts. Anyway, back to the sacks. Four point seven two seconds. My goodness, that is great. And people that still want to poo poo on the line, this line hasn't really been doing that great. Yes, they have. They have, and some people just aren't ready to admit it because they're afraid it's going to go away. That's true. It does not matter going forward that they've done well for these, at least the last two games, if it doesn't keep growing or stay as good as what it is going forward. I am fine with the same production for the offensive line these last two games if they just gave the same thing the rest of the season. To think that they could even be getting better, that excites me because when you come in and look at this, I tweeted this out. The Steelers' offensive line has not allowed a sack this year. Mitch Trubisky has been sacked five times so far this season. Three of them are attributed to him because it's not attributed to any blocker. He ran out of the pocket. He's running around. He goes out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage, or he just waits and has, has that boom, and then they get him. Yeah, that's on Trubisky. It's not on alignment. Then the other two are both from Najee Harris in his blitz pickup. Uh, For example, the one time Trubisky was sacked in week three, that was a missed blitz pickup from Najee Harris. Might not have been the easiest pickup. The line might have been able to do something more in front that could have helped him out a little bit more, but it didn't matter. That was the guy that came through. That's who he's got to pick up, and he didn't do it. (sighs) Okay, here's some other numbers. PFF breaks these down into sacks, hits, and hurries. How many times has a quarterback been sacked, hit, or hurried? And attributed to each lineman, did they allow a hit or a hurry or a sack? Altogether, those are combined added up to be pressures, Because whether it's a sack or a hit or a hurry, because they don't count a hit. They don't count a sack as also being a hit um, the way they do it. For example, um, uh, Houston has five, has given up five sacks, but only three hits because it's three hits on top of the five sacks and then 13 hurries on top of those three hits. And that's how they get to 21 total pressures. The Steelers total pressures, 11, fewest in the NFL of any offensive line. 11, zero sacks, three hits, eight hurries p f f also does this thing they call efficiency uh, that they it 's a number they calculate um, it 's not graded it 's a number that 's calculated based on their formula, but they tell you basically the formula it 's a it 's a signature stat i 'm going to read it right from their site a signature stat measuring pressures allowed on a per snap basis with weighting towards sacks allowed so in other words. If it's a sack, it's weighted is more. The Steelers are the most efficient because they've given up the fewest pressures. 95.0 was their efficiency of what they have. The only other, um, well, I can't say it's the only other one. I, w- I was sorting by pressures. Uh, the next closest is Philadelphia with 92.6. Atlanta at 91.0. They're the only ones in the 90s. But seriously, for the, to see the Steelers with that and that, they, that they've only given up 11 pressures so far, remember that. That's your data. That's your America data. Um, I had to do one other thing here just because of something that Jeff Hartman brought up. I know we're running over in this first half, but that's all right. Uh, these are some fun numbers. Um, when I looked at Mitch Trubisky's dropbacks and what he does when he's um, when he throws the ball in a certain amount of time, you know, is he throwing it quick or is he not? Listen to this discrepancy. When Mitch Trubisky throws the ball with in less than two and a half seconds. Doesn't mean he only has that amount of time. But when he throws it with that amount of time, his completion percentage is 59.6%. That's 29th in the NFL of any player that's thrown 10 passes. Quarterback's thrown 10 passes. Uh, well, I guess it could be a player. They don't, they don't sort it that way. When he takes more than two and a half seconds to throw, 62.2%, which is eighth best in the NFL. So 29th when he's, when he's passing it quick, 8th when he's not. Mitch Trubisky is not Ben Roethlisberger. He is not the guy that's going to, you know, base everything off the pre snap read and know exactly where he wants to throw it and do it efficiently and gain a few yards every time. And the players are going to catch it. He is less efficient when he throws quickly. He is more efficient when he takes his time to, to, to see his receivers and throw. That's just what the numbers say. I'm just telling you. Um, Mitch Trubisky. Here, here we go. This is for Jeff. This last one before we take a break. This last one is this is for you, Jeff, because you were talking about play action on Wednesday. So one of the things that they do on PFF is that they break their passes into two different types: play play action passes and non play action passes. When you look at the completion percentage, Mitch Trubisky has the biggest discrepancy in completion percentage of of play action versus non-play action. Meaning he completes such at a higher rate of play action than non-play action than anyone else in the NFL right now through three games, okay? So 33.6% higher in play action than non-play action. That's a huge difference. And here's why. On play action, he's 88.2% completion percentage, and a non-play, which is third in the NFL, by the way. And when it's not play action, he's 54.7%, 30th in the NFL. And you're like, wow, that's that's good. They should be doing more play action. Okay. Well, here's the problem. Steelers play action. Mr. Trubisky is 15 of 17 on 19 drawbacks, which means two times he didn't throw the ball. I don't know. He was either sacked or scrambled. Okay. He has 10.4 yards per attempt, which is tied for fourth in the NFL. And he's throwing a touchdown. But the problem is 15 of 17. Then you look at the non-play action. He's 47 of 86. I already gave you the the, the um, 54.7% completion percentage. 4.5 yards per attempt. Check this out. That's 34th in the NFL. Yeah, there's only 32 teams. So teams that have had – and I'm, I only throw out people if they don't have 10 attempts. So there's all there's players that just haven't, you know, because they've had to have multiple quarterbacks th- for the season so far. Man, and one touchdown. Mitch Trubisky's throwing for two touchdowns. One was on play action, one wasn't. The Steelers are so much more efficient in play action, even if, like it's true what Jeff said, that they need to get the running game out going to make play action work better. Apparently they don't. Apparently they don't because on their play action passes, two incompletions, four if you count the total number of drawbacks because there was two that wasn't thrown. And I, I don't know what happened on those. I'd have to go back and look at each play individually. I'm sorry. I know I'm going really late in the first half. But this is crazy. This is crazy that there's that much discrepancy between the success of play action versus non-play action and how little they did it. 17 attempts to 86 attempts okay it's it's 103 total so you're basically talking 16% of your passing attempts have been play action and you're really good at it but instead 85 you know 84% of the time you're going to run non play action which apparently you suck at and yet that's what they're doing come on steelers look at the numbers figure out that's what you got to do on offense I'm I'm done with this half I'm going to come back hope you stick with me as I'm going along a little bit of a rant come back I'm going to go over these rankings we'll be right back we are back, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. I hope you uh, are still here with me after that. Or if you're like, oh, wow, man, he's yelling at me. Or I'm not yelling at you. I'm just yelling. Come on, Steelers. See the numbers. See what you do. I want to see more, more play action. Give me more play action. It's, you know what? And if the numbers come down and they start to even out more as they do it more, fine. I get it. Maybe it's maybe they're so successful because they do it so rarely. You know what? But if you're that successful at it, you should be pressing, you should be pressing the envelope more. You really should. Whew, okay, I told you I was done with the rant apparently. I wasn't. Here we go. Let's look at these ranks. I'll remind you, it's yardage, points, rushing yardage, um, passing yardage. And then I'll look at the number of sacks, the number of turnovers. I don't rank those where they are with sacks and turnovers this early just because so many teams are tied. But the other ones, I do give you a rank. So let's look at the New York Jets offense and compare it to the Pittsburgh Steelers offense. The New York Jets offense is actually pretty good, even though they're one and two, but you also got to remember they're going to get a number of, of inflation of yardage when they're trying to come back crazy in games um, like they had to do uh, against the Browns and things of that nature. So when you're playing from behind and things, things like that, you might get some inflated yards. They are actually ninth in the NFL with yards. They're averaging 370 yards a game. The Steelers, 31st. Two hundred and seventy-two point seven yards a game, almost a hundred yards less per game than the Jets. Yikes! Okay, if you split that up between rushing yards and passing yards, the 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 Jets' rushing yards not 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 good. It's uh, eighty-four yards per game. That's twenty-sixth compared to the Steelers, which is ninety yards a game, which is twenty-third. So they're fairly close there. But when you look at the passing yards, huge discrepancy. They are the, the Jets are fifth in the NFL with 286 passing yards, where the Steelers are 28th with 182.7 passing yards. Now, we'll see if that holds true because we now know that it's – I'm I'm going to say the wrong first name. Um, Okay, I thought about it. I think I got the right one. Zach Wilson is going to be back to playing quarterback. It's been Joe Flacco for three weeks. And, man, Joe Flacco has done what he can to keep this team in it. We'll see if Zach Wilson can do the same thing. I was never impressed with Zach Wilson. I said it last year a lot. I watched him play one game in college, um, and he was not good as they lost to um, what well, Coastal Carolina or whatever it was they, with the weird colored turf. Um, I watched that game just because I stopped when flipping through the channels because I'm like, oh, look at that turf. And I watched a little bit of it. And he was, well, he was running for his life anyway. That's beside the point. So we'll see if those numbers are going to hold up because now it's a new quarterback. So, you know, so you're talking about ninth overall for the the Jets and 31st overall for the Steelers. But here's where the difference comes in. The Steelers have scored an average of 18 points a game. That has them 19th in the NFL. So with all the bad yardage, the Steelers are higher in points than they are yardage, okay? But you also got to remember some of those points come for the defense. They These aren't separated out. This is just points, okay? Points total by the team. Um, where the Jets, they're only 17.3. They're 20th. They are right behind the Steelers, but they are less than the Steelers when it comes to the scoring points. So all the yardage is great, but you got to turn it into points. Uh, for example, last game, the Jets did not find the touchdown zone. They only had field goals. And if you don't know what I mean by touchdown zone, then you need to make sure you're checking out the Steelers preview and the shenanigans that goes on there. Whew, okay. Just so you know, the Jets have been sacked nine times, nine times. And the Steelers have had – well, I have seven written down there. I don't think I wrote that down right because they had seven the first week. They should have nine. They should have nine. Um, Oh, no, that's because I'm looking at the wrong one. The Steelers have surrendered – See, this says seven, and that's wrong. That's wrong. Um, they've surrendered five sacks, the Steelers have, so far this season. I, I, I had the wrong thing. I, I'm looking at the wrong thing. Uh, the Jets have turned the ball over seven times. The Steelers have turned the ball over three times. And one of them was that, you know, that around and all that crazy stuff. So if you even want to count that one really or not. Uh, I mean, technically it does. It's a stat. But, yeah, not all, not all turnovers are created equal. So that's the offense comparison. Just put that there. All right, now let's look at the defense. Uh, The Jets are ranked 15th in the NFL, giving up 336 yards per game, where the Steelers are ranked 24th, giving up 394.6 yards per game. Um, And when it comes to rushing, the Jets are 14th, giving up 105.3, where the Steelers are are 28th, giving up 142.6. Yeah. And when it comes to passing, the Jets are 16th, giving up 231. The Steelers are 22nd, giving up 252. Okay. The Steelers have nine sacks on the season. The Jets only have five sacks on the season. Uh, The Jets have have three takeaways. The Steelers have six takeaways. So the Jets are averaging one takeaway a game, where the Steelers are averaging two. But yeah, five of them came in one game, if you're... You know, you, you got to think about if that was an anomaly or not. So that's some of the numbers there. I, I kind of like that the Steelers have had nine sacks and the Jets have given up nine sacks. Um, where And it's also the same thing when it comes to sacks surrendered with five and five. Um, you know, Steelers surrendered five, the Jets have had five. So th- those numbers, it'd be nice to see it, those work out a little bit there. I am going to throw one more in there because I was just curious. You know, the Steelers, 28th in rushing where the Jets are 14th. But both of them the big thing is is how many attempts they've seen. Okay, the Steelers might be 28th in rushing yards, but they're on but they're 12th in yards per attempt, giving up 4.2, where and the Jets are even better, they're 6th, giving up only 3.7. So both of these teams when it comes to yardage, that's a little bit different story. Now, what do I say for last, the thing that matters? Points. When it comes to surrounding points, the Jets are are giving up, on average, 27 points a game. That's 26th in the NFL. The Steelers are giving up 22 points a game. That's 18th in the NFL. So the Steelers are better, once again, better in the points department, not as good in all the yardage department. Um, When it comes down to it, if you had to pick one, I would pick points uh, because that's what matters. You want to have more points on the scoreboard than the other team at the end of the game. So those are the numbers. So there, and these are going to change because think about this early in the year, last year, the Steelers were a top 10 rush defense. And by the end of the year, they ended up dead last. So these numbers are going to fluctuate from week to week based on weekly performance. Now they will fluctuate more at the beginning because those numbers, you know, have a greater effect. You're talking about the difference of adding one game in four. than when you're talking about after the buy, you're adding one game out of, let's say 10. So, it won't it won't affect them nearly as much. But these, this is the precedent of where they start. So these are the starting numbers for the Steelers to think about. Um, bottom line is, here's what's rough. I still can't believe if you go in and look at PFF scores, I know I'm going to talk about scores, they have the Steelers the 10th best overall score in the NFL. What's crazy is the Steelers are not in the top half of any of those um, statistics that I talked about in offense or defense. Overall yardage, rushing yards, passing yards or points for offense or defense they are not in the top half in any of them. So let's get a turnaround this Sunday. let's start going in the right direction. I'm not I'm not looking at the bills. I'm not looking at the bucks. I know those are out there I or the Dolphins or the Eagles that look to be tough matchups. I want to see how they do against this Jets team and that's going to help determine what I think this team will do moving forward as much as anything you're only as good as the last game you played. Remember that you're only as good as the last game you played because that's where the trend goes from. Are you getting better from that? Worse from that with a good performance, you know, that's, that's what you're basing it all off of. So, Whew, I hope you you stuck with me through everything. I just I can't get over those numbers when it comes to uh, some of the passing stuff with the Steelers. But uh, make sure you're checking out all of our podcasts. There was a know your enemy last night uh, with um, with with the Jets. I'll be honest with you, <laughs> Brian usually tells me who the guest is, and. Um, <laughs> In all honesty, I'm, you know, I'm trying to finish up this show now to be able to catch that a little bit later. They had to change their guests multiple times because Jets people kept backing out on them. But I know they have someone there with Jeffrey and Shannon. And make sure you check out what she's talking about coming on uh, after this one. And uh, then also tonight, you've got the preview back on the night it's supposed to be on Thursday night when we should be. So make sure you're checking all that out and behindthesteelcurtain.com. All the good breakdown of various things. It really is your one stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. So I want to thank you for sticking with me through this. I've, if there's any specific numbers you really want to see sometime, I, it's not that I have to have questions in order to answer them, but if you're curious about something, if it's something I can find, I'll do it. You can still message me um, on Twitter at STLR Superfandad or email STLR Superfandad at gmail.com. And I said this on the Scobro show because some of you might know this. Uh, um, if you are one of those people who who bought my novel that has nothing to do with the Steelers, um, that's just a, a, a fiction novel, if you are someone who did buy it and checked it out and you want me to sign it, email me or connect with me on Twitter. If you can send me the book, I will send it back to you signed. Um, that, that's something that, that I, I am more than happy to do for my uh, loyal Nerds of Steel. So thanks for joining me. And as I always say, thanks for geeking out you get
0: next With Lucky Lands slots you can get lucky just about anywhere <laughs>